0: No, are we Can't starting? I never no, know. I'm sorry. started. You oh, never shoot. know when we're starting. I don't. Dude, you want me to point
1: at you? Yes. That's what Rowan.
0: Do that. My son, my five-year-old son, whenever we make a, a video for the family, he's always like, Dad, just point at me and I'll <laughs> Cute.
1: Yeah. He wants a, he's yeah, a he professional cute. actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We're back. We're back. After going down a pretty deep rabbit hole on Amelia Earhart. But we, we just have to tell our listeners that not every show
1: <laughs> yeah. can be – Did I mention that it almost killed Scott? <laughs> no, it was just yeah.
0: – it was, it was a lot of research. And just quickly, before we go any further, if you're listening to this episode and you haven't listened to our, our prior episodes on Amelia Earhart, there's a two-parter, I would encourage you maybe to go back and listen to those because there might be some spoilers.
1: In order. Yeah.
0: Yeah, in order,
1: of (laughs) course. Part one and part two. No, he gets really upset if he listens to part two, then part one. Well, It just ruins everything.
0: It's your choice. But my point is, we're about to discuss some things that got left out of that episode just very quickly. Uh, One one thing that I wanted to point out for our listeners who heard it, and like I said, if you haven't heard it yet, turn this one off and go listen to those and come back to us. But one of the things that I wanted to point out is that on Nika Mororo, the crabs will carry the bones off of the deceased uh, almost immediately. Anything small and hard like shells and bones or whatever, they, they take it. They carry it into the water. They play with it. They build houses, whatever it is that crabs do. You're
1: talking about coconut crabs, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Right.
0: So I just wanted to make it clear that it's it's not
1: unusual that you wouldn't find remains there even if they had been there. Boy, it's everything I could do not to do Tom Jones. Oh, yeah? What? It's not, not yeah, unusual. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. We don't need that. But no, you know what? I find this with buried treasure stories. Is that even the person that buries the treasure and knows exactly where it is? Oftentimes, cannot find it because right. stuff it just changes; it yes. goes away. So yes, Scott's right. It's not unusual to be a coconut to have crab. your bones and you have your bones <laughs> okay. moved by All a coconut right.
0: crab. So- it, the other thing we wanted to say about that show was it required a whole lot of research, and every episode of our show is, is not going to be like that. When we started this show, we have a big folder. We really do, full of ideas yeah. and full of stories that we want to do that run the history of time, uh, going back forth from the old west to now to things that happened yesterday. 14,
1: paranormal,
0: but everything yes. – and not just including that, but historical events, right. people. And sometimes we're going we're gonna to cover stories where there's not a whole lot of information available, and you're just going to hear us – doing our armchair pontificating about, you know, taking what little information we have and sort of trying to theorize what might have happened or what might be going on. Hypothesize. Hypothesize. Okay. Right. Good point. Uh, But nevertheless, the point is that this show, this particular show, we decided that we needed just a little bit of a break so we could
1: prepare for the Christmas show. So we're bringing back Mark DeAndre. This is really something that Mark is great at. Giving this tour, it's, he's so knowledgeable and he makes it fun and interesting, but also just kind of casual. And it's, it's just really nice to listen to.
0: Yeah, and we, we were really excited about it. We actually got some new equipment. We, you know I'm kind of an equipment junkie and we bought a, a Zoom. Uh, portable. Yeah, portable recording system that is just amazing. Unbelievable, bang for the buck. And he took it with him and it allowed him to do a field report for us, which we're gonna get to uh, in a few minutes. Right now it's time to cue the theme. Welcome back to Astonishing Legends. I'm Scott Philbrook,
1: and this is Forrest Burgess. Death in itself is nothing, but we fear. To be we know not what, we know not where. John Dryden. Died. May 12, 1700.
0: Join us tonight as Mark DeAndre returns to take us on a tour of the red carpet
1: to the afterlife. Now, before we hand the keys over to Mark. Wait, where where does that come from? The keys. Well, you know, I used to manage a pizza restaurant.
0: Oh, geez. And when whoever had the keys was the boss at that point in time, you know, so if you.
1: you... It's not a car reference? Well, no, it's not actually. No, come on, it it is. Whoever had the keys was the boss. I don't know. It means you got stuck with the night shift. No, you're, you're right, and it's you're better as And a you're trusted reference. just enough to be the guy to lock the door. You're right. Yeah. You know what I'm. And you're a car guy. I How am could you a car not guy. know that? Well, all right, fine. It's a car guy. All right. Either way. <clears throat> now, before we hand the keys over to Mark. We're going to talk a little bit about celebrities. It's it's nearly impossible to live in Los Angeles and not see people
0: pretty regularly when you're out and about. And then like it's regular almost, people. No, sure. no, of course not. Regular okay. people. Who cares about them? I'm talking about the <laughs> famous, the celebrities. Right. Which you know, actually, I'm I'm kind of uh, numb to at this point in my life, but. It, because New York's the same way and I lived in – my wife and I lived in New York for uh, yeah. almost 10 years. Uh, there's kind of an unwritten rule though
1: and in L.A. people pretty much leave them alone with the exception yeah. of – Yeah, tourists. Yeah, tourists. Well, It's yeah. a little different. No, if it's a celebrity that I enjoy seeing, right. I'll look a little, but you don't want them to see you seeing them. Sometimes they give you that look like – and it's this – it's almost like a death
0: stare. It's kind oh. of like – I know you see me, Yeah. but if you come over to me, I'm going to castrate <laughs> you, right?
1: Like, no, you know, what? I, I see
0: you looking at me. Yeah. I know that you know who
1: I am. Uh, this is the end of our relationship. You know what? The le- <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. The last time I actually, I got a little bit of that, and it's not the death stare. Yeah. I see it as, uh, because I, I've, I've met a few yeah. in the course of my business in, in media. Yes. Uh, where they give you that, it's an uncertain look. Right. And the last time it happened, I was on a plane, a Southwest flight. I'm not going to say where, because it went right to his house. Okay. No, you're not going to know where he's from. But it was Jesse Pinkman. And, oh. I'm, and I'm a huge fan of the show. Aaron Paul. Yes. And I'm a huge fan of the show. And I, I was already seated. You know, in, you know, the Southwest is kind of a cattle call, they say. But he was getting on. And he was one of the last people. in. I think he had a, like a, a small trilby hat. For those who don't know, he was in uh, Breaking Bad.
2: This is my own private domicile and I will not be harassed.
1: Bitch! Oh, no, how can Mate, you not know? How can you you'd be the, you know, the few people... Well, peop- you know, yeah. we're all over the world. That's so, true. A lot yeah. of people haven't seen it. But <laughs> he was getting on. He was trying to find a seat. And it's, it was uh, around the holidays, and it was very crowded. So he, he just wants to get on, sit down. He doesn't want to interact with anybody. He doesn't want to sign anything. He doesn't want to have a discussion. Probably just wants to go to sleep. And as he... I just notice him... Coming down the aisle, and uh, we lock eyes, and he gives me that look like, uh, "Yeah, you, you know who I." You're I'm okay. Not, you're, you're not gonna. You're, not you're gonna in say my anything. demographic. <laughs> but he gave me that look of like, "Oh, you'd recognize me. You're not gonna say anything, are you?" And I just like, I. But you give him the nod, like, "Hey, yeah, you can't see me, but I'm, I'm, I'm bobbing my head just a little bit, like, hey, hey yeah. what's up?' Yeah, I know who you are, but I'm not gonna say anything." I'm exactly. cool,
0: exactly, yeah. and that's and, and and my wife works in television, and, and we know a, a few more or less, or actually a few very famous people, and having had yeah. meals with them over the years, and that she used to work at Saturday Night Live, right, so, right, uh, and I can say we've been at the dinners where people are coming up yeah. and they're saying, yeah, I know, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. They just want to finish their meal. Yeah, the thing is, we'll be at dinner and somebody will come up to the table and they interrupt, and you know, everyone tries to be gracious. Some of them, others actually will lash yeah. out, and. Ooh. I have more than a few of those friends that have stalkers, actually. Oh, and you, you oh, can't blame them yeah. for being no um, a little nervous. Sure. About it. So uh, that said. You still get the –
1: you get your uh, family comes to town, right? right, especially in L.A. and New York. I are like, yeah. hey,
0: we want to see famous people.
1: You know, oh, like, no. <laughs> friends come to – you know from from out of town, doesn't matter where they're from. They demand you show them a celebrity yeah. like Take right me now. me to the yes, celebrity. Yes, so then you're
0: like, you're like oh, okay, okay, I can't think – well, let's go to – no, they don't go there anymore. Go. Right. <laughs> and you're trying to figure out where to go. Exactly. And I can, and I can tell you now, the yeah. place to go now, Yeah, the place to go. Right. Is the the you know I feel like uh, Bill Hader's character on Saturday Night Live? You know, <laughs> the, the hottest club in New York the hottest is club. yeah. yeah it, it's actually a place. It's very unexciting name. It's called Craig's. This oh, restaurant. It's yeah. on Melrose. If Avenue. you want
1: to see Craig,
0: he's yeah, there. Wait, well, well, Craig is there actually? Oh really? I wow. saw him. Okay. there uh, last time I went, and which was just like a week or two ago, I was there. And it was my only time there. But yeah. Craig used to manage Dantana's, a very uh, famous restaurant, right. which used to be the. Oh, you could always see a celebrity yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. It was It was. You probably weren't at let in if you weren't famous. <laughs> but right. Craig's is the new place, and it's very good food. It's sort of like a Italian. Hmm. The cocktails are mm. mind blowing. But when you get there, you almost can't get in because of the paparazzi standing outside uh, the front door. Right. And by the way, let me just tell you, there's nothing more rewarding than pulling up in a car to the valet <laughs> yeah. and having the paparazzi all craning their necks to yeah. look and see yeah. who's getting out, and then you get out and they all just kind of this,
1: they go back to their this
2: iPhones. forlorn <laughs> sigh, yeah, yeah like and oh, they turn away, yeah. yeah.
0: I will say you look like a director though. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah. I try to work that directorate. Right. I know okay. what directors look like so but but while we were there this has, we saw Clive Davis. Actually. Oh cool. Yeah, yeah, I was like,
1: wow, that's a that's a pretty major sighting. Oh, yeah. Classic. Um,
0: but the thing is, they don't really want to be bugged.
1: No. I, they, I will say, on the, on the other end, when you're, not, when you're trying to search for one and, and, uh, and provide one for your guests, your tourist friends, yeah. it's really satisfying when you do spot one. When you manage to pull it off. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. That's true. And I, I always remember the times that I, I had uh, friends with me, and it's like, right there. There you go. That's yeah. so-and-so. And so they are yeah. like, wow.
0: However, there comes a time when people aren't
1: clamoring to see them anymore. You know, Mark is going to take us to a place where he can absolutely guarantee there are celebrities. That's right. However, there's a catch. You won't be able to see them, and you may not want to. So let's pretend you just got to
0: town, and you're asking us, what can we do? Where can I go to see celebrities? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is what's going to happen. We're probably not going to take you to Craig's, because you know what? It's expensive. No, and he's, yeah, he, this guy can't get
1: in anymore after yeah, the Yeah, I, I certainly can't get in without my wife's agent. <laughs> right. That's, that's the truth.
0: Okay. So here's what we're going to do. You know how when you go to the museum, they give you those, when you go to a cool museum yeah. anyway, they give you the little portable right. recorders, the playback. You put Tells on you headphones, what you're seeing. you get in the tour, yeah. right? We're going to drop you off outside the hidden entrance to the Pierce Brothers Westwood Village Memorial Park with your museum recording of tour guide Mark DeAndre. And when we leave, all you have to do is press play.
2: Wilshire Boulevard is one of the most iconic streets in Los Angeles. It runs east-west all the way from downtown Los Angeles to Santa Monica. It's filled with high-rises, museums, restaurants, and when you hit Wilshire and Westwood Boulevard, UCLA is nearby, and there's actually a few movie theaters that still hold big-time premieres. This area is very urban, very packed, and driving around here you would think, there's no way there's a cemetery here. This is not the spot for that. Well, you know what? You would be wrong, my friend. And actually, just steps away from the theaters where current movies are being shown lies the resting place of some of Hollywood's most infamous and famous celebrities. This is Mark DeAndre, correspondent at large for Astonishing Legends. And without further ado, let's begin the tour of Pierce Brothers Westwood Memorial Park. As you pass Glendon Avenue, you drive up one block east and make a right. And there's the entrance. If you don't know where you're looking for, this place is pretty hard to find, but luckily, you're with me. Now, when I do my patented DeAndre death tour, uh, this place is always included. So one of the first things you've noticed walking around here is just how small it is. The northern and eastern areas are the outdoor crypts, and the south is the offices, and then all the center is basically the uh, graves. And let's just start... kind of right in the middle of the graveyard with one of the uh, one of the most famous residents. Is that right? Probably not. One of her first movies was Miracle on 34th Street. She was also in Splendor in the Grass, Rub Without a Cause. It's uh, Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood Wagner. It says Beloved Daughter, Sister, Wife, Mother and Friend. While working on her last movie Brainstorm with Christopher Walken, Natalie Christopher and Robert Wagner, her husband, all went on a weekend boat trip and turned out to be the last trip of her life. It's still a shrouded mystery. There was a lot of drinking, reportedly some arguments possibly, and somewhat mysteriously, she ended up drowned and she was found a mile from the boat. And not too long ago in the news, the boat captain actually came out and said he holds Robert Wagner responsible for the death. But again... Who knows? I'm sure it'll remain unsolved. Now, just a few steps away is one of the more infamous people in the cemetery, Bob Crane, who played Colonel Hogan himself on Hogan's Heroes. His death was pretty weird. Him and a friend of his, John Carpenter, not the movie director, but they, uh, they would videotape some of their sexual exploits. You may have seen the movie Autofocus, directed by Paul Schrader, that was basically the story of Bob Crane and John Carpenter. Greg Kinnear played Bob Crane, William Defoe played John Carpenter. Bob Crane was bludgeoned to death and it was unsolved. The suspicions obviously were placed on John Carpenter, but and he went to trial, but it was never proven. And the grave has a picture of Bob Crane as Colonel Hogan and his wife, who actually had a part. ...in Hogan's Heroes. The marker has a picture of them hugging... ...and it says, Hogan and Hilda... ...together forever. Definitely bizarre. As we continue our way down here... ...heading south... ...the actor Eddie Albert... ...who played Oliver Wendell Douglas... ...on the TV show Green Acres. I grew up on that show. I think we all know the theme song... ...which, uh... ...I will not sing... ...out of respect. Uh, Just a bit east is the actor Richard Conte. Kind of an interesting uh, gravestone here. There's some pyramids on all corners. And it says 1910 to 1975 to question mark. Maybe he had some kind of uh, somewhat strange beliefs. Probably his most famous role is as uh, one of the heads of the five families in the movie The Godfather. He was Barzini... The famous quote from uh, Marlon Brando after he realized that it was Barzini who tried to assassinate him. I didn't know until this day it was Barzini all along. That was not my Marlon Brando impersonation, which I do have, but again, not appropriate. little piece of trivia, uh, the five families in the um, godfather were the Corleone family, Tattaglia, Barzini, Cunio, and Stracci. Now one of the few uh, unmarked graves is uh, Roy Orbison. He was a singer-songwriter of uh, Pretty Woman and Only the Lonely, and he was in the the band The Traveling Wilburys. It's not really known why he's in an unmarked grave. Um, Supposedly the family was going to put up a gravestone at some point, but uh, there's still no marker here. And to the right, also unmarked, uh, is his wife. Just to the left of Roy Orbison is the TV host, Richard Dawson, who uh, was also in Hogan's Heroes, And I always liked him from the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, The Running Man, when he played a villainous game show host. And very close to Richard Dawson is the actor Jim Backus, who was on Gilligan's Island. He was the voice of Mr. Magoo, and he played the father in Rebel Without a Cause with James Dean and Natalie Wood. Very close to that is another one of the unusual unmarked graves, right above the actor Lou Ayres is uh, the unmarked grave of Frank Zappa. It is unknown why his grave is unmarked, but he always did things a little bit differently, so who knows. He was pretty rabidly anti-drug, and one of his quotes that I love is, uh, speed will turn you into your parents. Although he was a voracious smoker and ended up dying of prostate cancer, so... There you go. Now heading to the center of the cemetery, just directly below... Big Tree is Dorothy Stratton, who will be familiar to any Astonishing Legends listeners who especially listened to episode one, which was with me, Listen to it, and she was a Playboy Playmate that was murdered. And I've never really understood her epitaph, which is a line from Hemingway's A Farewell to Arms that was put there by her boyfriend, Peter Bogdanovich. If people bring so much courage to this world, the world has to kill them to break them. So, of course, it kills them. It kills the very good, and the very gentle, and the very brave, impartially. If you are none of these, you can be sure that it will kill you too. But there will be no special hurry. We love you, DR. Yeah, I don't know, it's kind of a downer. Heading a little bit east, you will find... Carl Wilson, uh, one of the original members of the Beach Boys, brother of Brian and Dennis. And near one of the last rows in the South has Dominique Dunn, who played the sister in Poltergeist. That was her uh, only film. She was strangled by her uh, ex-boyfriend in Hollywood. And during the trial, her father, the writer Dominic Dunn, famously wrote for Vanity Fair about the trial, and he later wrote a lot about the O.J. Simpson trial and became a pretty strong victim's advocate. We may encounter another person from Poltergeist at some point. I can't guarantee it, but it's a possibility. So across a little road from Dominique Dunn, there's a newer set of gravestones. There's a little area in the middle with two fountains, and there's a bench where... James Coburn's Ashes Are Interred. Famous, kind of tough guy, laconic movie star. He was in a, a lot of westerns. You can probably hear the fountain here. He was in a lot of westerns, but he also was in uh, famously the, the Magnificent Seven and The Great Escape. Just three years before he died, he won an Oscar for his supporting role as the uh, Nick Nolte's dad in the movie Affliction, directed by Paul Strader. I mentioned earlier, who directed Autofocus. Just a little side note, uh, James Coburn was pretty interested in karate, and he actually uh, took some lessons with Bruce Lee, who was buried in Seattle uh, next to his son, Brandon. Now, just heading east, we pass another bench, Miss Peggy Lee. Peggy Lee, the famous songwriter-singer, actress. Probably her most famous song was her... uh, cover of the song, Fever, reads, Music is my life's breath. And supposedly she was the uh, inspiration for the Muppets show, Miss Piggy. Uh, I guess being blonde and kind of voluptuous, uh, not the best tribute in the world, but, you know, tribute's a tribute. Now, continuing east, there's actually uh, another set of uh, wall crypts. And pretty much right in the middle is another actress with the last name Lee, although it's spelled L-E-I-G-H, and that would be Janet Lee. The most famous role was as Marion Crane in the movie Psycho, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. And Alfred Hitchcock often worked against conventions, and uh, as the leading actress in the movie, she was killed off fairly early in the film, which was definitely a surprise. Reportedly, she... Never took a shower again after uh, that traumatic experience with Norman Bates. I'm assuming she bathed, though, because um, that would be weird if she never took a bath even. But I'm sure, yeah, she meant she never showered. And I recommend going to the uh, Psycho House in Universal Studios, which is uh, it's just a, a backdrop, but still, still really cool. She also was in musical Bye Bye Birdie and movie Touch of Evil. Directed by Orson Welles with Charlton Heston, which had its famous opening shot filmed in Venice. And she had two daughters with the actor Tony Curtis, one of whom is Jamie Lee Curtis, the Scream Queen from the 1980s, in such films as Prom Night and Halloween. Directed by John Carpenter, not the John Carpenter that was accused of murdering Bob Crane. That's a different guy. So just stepping away from the wall crypts, continuing a little bit east, there are some more gravestones in the grass, one of whom is Ray Bradbury, the author of uh, Fahrenheit 451, famous novel about books being outlawed and being burnt. And next to him is his wife, Maggie Bradbury. And I found a, a pretty interesting quote from Ray Bradbury. Uh, we have too many cell phones. We've got too many internets. We've got to get rid of those machines. We have too many machines now. Which, you know, I can kind of relate to sometimes. I love the internet and its abilities, but it just sometimes gets in the way of people communicating. But hey, I guess that's how you're listening to me, so I should probably shut up. Just walking up a few steps directly to the left is an extremely small marker for Carol Burnett's daughter, Carrie Hamilton. She had a pretty long history of uh, drug addiction and... Unfortunately, died of cancer very young at the age of 38. As we turn the corner and head back around here, pass another offspring of a famous actor. In this case, Eric Douglas, uh, Kirk Douglas's youngest son, and Michael Douglas' brother. He, uh, he tried his hand uh, at acting and stand-up comedy, but he had a pretty serious drug problem, and uh, he overdosed. So, that's unfortunate. Speaking of Michael Douglas, also buried here, is Carl Malden, his co-star in Streets of San Francisco. He also was in Streetcar Named Desire. He was in the classic On the Waterfront with Marlon Brando. And he played the warden in Birdman of Alcatraz with Burt Lancaster. We run across uh, some true legends and who have some very memorable inscriptions on their tombstone. Walter Matthau, famous curmudgeonly actor, he uh, starred with Jack Lemmon, who we'll meet in a moment, in The Odd Couple, and also Grumpy Old Men. I'll never forget him as the, uh, the coach in the movie The Bad News Bears. And to the left of Walter Matthau is another unmarked grave, uh, George C. Scott. He was in such movies as Dr. Strangelove and The Hustler and Taps... He was also in a kind of a cool horror movie called The Changeling. He was probably best known for his role as General Patton in the movie Patton. And he was actually the first actor to turn down the Best Actor award. I don't think he liked the idea of a competition for actors. Just a little bit past Walter Matthau is the talk show host Merv Griffin. He not only was the host of the Merv Griffin show, but he also started up two of the biggest shows ever, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. And he was the owner of the Beverly Hilton Hotel. And on Merv Griffin's headstone, it says, I will not be right back after this message. Kind of funny. And just to the right of Merv Griffin is uh, Farrah Fawcett. No inscription, just Farrah Fawcett. She was one of the original Charlie's Angels, and she had a famous role in The Burning Bed. Interestingly enough, she died on the same day as Michael Jackson. And right on the corner is probably one of my favorite gravestones, Rodney Dangerfield, famous comedian. He was in Caddyshack and Back to School, and I, I kind of always loved this dumb movie, Ladybugs, where he played the coach of a uh, soccer team. His gravestone says, "There goes the neighborhood," which is perfect for Rodney. Now, just a little bit to the right of Rodney, go up a few steps, and there are four tombstones, and uh, these are uh, pretty much. People that are as famous as you can get. Right on the end is uh, Peter Falk. His tombstone says, I'm not here, I'm home with Shara. And uh, that was his wife. Most famously known for his role as the uh, frumpled and rumpled detective Columbo on TV. And he also was a friend and uh, worked a lot with John Cassavetes, who is actually buried here, I will be mentioning later. And Peter Falk also starred in a uh, pretty interesting movie with John Cassavetes himself. Uh, It's called Mikey and Nikki, and that was directed by Elaine May. He had a memorable part in The Princess Bride and Murder by Death. One of his funniest movies, in my opinion, is The In-Laws with Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin is a very mild-mannered dentist whose uh, daughter is marrying Peter Falk's son. And so they meet up, and uh, Peter Falk claims to have been on some kind of strange consulting trip overseas with some political implications and whatnot. And a a funny quote from it is Alan Arkin says, you were involved in the Bay of Pigs? And Peter Falk says, involved? That was my idea. A couple spaces to the right of Peter Falk is Carol O'Connor. Most famous role is Archie Bunker in All in the Family. He also had a really great role as a police chief in, in The Heat of the Night. And his character, Archie Bunker, was famously bigoted. But His own politics were pretty liberal. His son uh, had a very long problem with drugs and uh, ended up committing suicide. This really affected Carol, obviously, quoted as saying, Nothing will give me any peace. I've lost a son, and I'll go to my grave without any peace over that. His son is buried with him, Hugh Edward O'Connor, and his wife, Nancy Fields O'Connor, is uh, still alive. And on either side of Carol O'Connor, it's two people that were friends in life, and actually worked a lot together. Writer-director Billy Wilder, who wrote and directed so many great movies, he actually moved from Berlin to Hollywood after the rise of the Nazi party. He directed such classics as Double Indemnity, The Lost Weekend, Sunset Boulevard, Ace in the Hole, which is a really interesting movie with Kirk Douglas, Some Like It Hot, and The Apartment. His epitaph reads, I'm a writer, but then nobody's perfect. So Billy Wilder's epitaph is kind of a takeoff from the last line of his famous movie, Some Like It Hot. Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon play a couple of guys who dress up as women to escape the mob. And in the last scene, Joey Brown is confessing his love to Jack Lemmon on a boat. And finally, Jack Lemmon just pulls off his wig and says, I'm a man. And Joey Brown famously says, well, nobody's perfect. Probably one of the most quoted last lines in any movie and I know I keep recommending movies here and there but if you haven't seen some like it hot I would uh, do it tonight I actually took a uh, film class just on Billy Wilder which is really great because we got to see almost all of his films and he really uh, delivered the goods now just two spaces away Jack Lemmon whose grave simply says Jack Lemmon in as if that was his final role He starred in a lot of films with his buddy, Walter Matthau, including The Odd Couple, where he was Felix Unger, and Walter Matthau was the famously slovenly Oscar Madison. And they were also in some Billy Wilder movies together, The Fortune Cookie, The Front Page, and Buddy Buddy. Jack Lemmon only directed one film, and it actually starred Walter Matthau. It was called Koch. Just around the corner is Sylvester Stallone's son, Sage Stallone, who died in July 2012. He was only 36 and at first drugs were thought to be involved but he actually died of a heart attack brought on by atherosclerosis and sage stallone actually played sylvester stallone's son in rocky V. now as you travel uh up the east side of the cemetery you run into some of the wall crypts and inside the sanctuary of love is one of the more famous members of the rat pack dean martin he made some amazing comedies with uh, Jerry Lewis, and a little fun fact, supposedly um, he was a famous drinker on stage, but a lot of times he was actually drinking apple juice instead of alcohol. So he was a real pro. And just basically across from the Sanctuary of Love, where Dean Martin is buried, is the grave of actor uh, Burt Lancaster, and it's uh, surprisingly small. Actually, probably one of the smallest gravestones I've seen here. He did almost 100 movies. Famously, uh, The Birdman of Alcatraz, Seven Days in May, which is a super cool movie. Um, From Here to Eternity, and so many others. Okay, we're starting to wind down the tour. Figured now would be a good time to visit the most famous resident, most popular resident. You can tell by looking at the stone on her wall crypt, it's faded... There's lipstick kisses on it. There's always flowers. Marilyn Monroe. She died in 1962 of an overdose. Actually, not too far from here in Brentwood, off of uh, Fifth Helena. Now, reportedly, Joe DiMaggio picked this as her gravesite because there were some family friends of Marilyn's that are buried here. Someone that took care of her as a little kid. And there's a, uh, a white stone bench, which is dedicated to Marilyn, that's just just sits a few steps away. She was in a lot of movies. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and Seven-Year Itch and Some Like It Hot with Jack Lemmon. And The Misfits was one of her last. Which, again, I recommend. It's one of the final movies of Clark Gable, Marilyn Monroe, and Montgomery Clift, directed by John Huston. She was uh, legendarily troubled and kind of went from man to man, had a lot of affairs. So although she clearly overdosed and fit the part, you know, there's always a little bit of mystery surrounding her death. So people always have questions. And interestingly, the uh, crypt right above Maryland, Richard Poncher is buried there. And his wife supposedly sold it on eBay for about five million bucks in 2009 to get some money to pay off her mortgage and whatnot and give some money to her kids. But that obviously fell through because Richard Poncher is still above Maryland, reportedly buried upside down, which is kind of creepy. Right next to Marilyn in the Sanctuary of Tranquility is the famous drummer Buddy Rich, who, every time I've come here, there's been drumsticks sitting in his little flower pot thing, but not today. One of a kind is inscribed on his wall, and if you've never seen him, you should definitely check him out on YouTube. There's a really funny uh, drum battle Between him and Jerry Lewis. Traveling west from Buddy Rich is the Sanctuary of Tenderness, or the crypt of the actor Christopher George. He's not a huge actor, but I just have a sweet spot for him because near the end of his life, he starred in a bunch of really weird, goofy-ass horror movies that uh, I just kind of ate up when I was a kid. He was in The Exterminator, Enter the Ninja, Graduation Day, and... uh, The most legendary was a movie called Pieces, which had the immortal tagline, You don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. Terrible movie. Continuing west, we encounter a few more more crypts, which I'll uh, address in a moment. But there's more grass with some more gravestones, including famous singer Mel Torme, known as the Velvet Fog which is a a nickname that he uh, supposedly hated. So just to the left of uh, Mel Torme is a black gravestone with the word Lazar on it. And that is the uh, famous Hollywood agent Swifty Lazar. He uh, famously wore humongous eyeglasses. He was known for throwing uh, post-Oscar parties at the restaurant Spago. So supposedly after he uh, put three major deals together for Humphrey Bogart... He was given the name Swifty, which uh, he didn't really like, but it stuck. Much like Mel Torme's Velvet Fog, people sometimes get stuck with nicknames they don't like. I don't have a nickname. Continuing our walk, you see the grave of John Cassavetes. Died in 1989. A famous movie director and actor. Kind of an improvisational style... Some of his more famous movies are Faces, Shadows. Did a few movies with his wife, Jenna Rollins. And also did a few movies with someone we ran into earlier, Peter Falk. He directed and starred in Husbands with Peter Falk. And directed Peter Falk in one of his probably biggest movies, A Woman Under the Influence. Just a few spots to the left is Ava Gabor, Jaja's Zsa sister. Who actually played Eddie Albert's wife, Lisa Douglas, on Green Acres. And she sang part of the theme song as well, which just look it up on YouTube. I wouldn't do it justice. So as you walk west, there's a, a fairly large family mausoleum that says the Armand Hammer family. That's where Armand Hammer and some of his family members are interred, obviously. Now, Armand Hammer was a, uh, a a business owner, extremely wealthy, Uh, associated with Occidental Petroleum. He was a pretty big philanthropist and uh, bought a lot of art. And just across the street on Wilshire is the Hammer Museum, which obviously was named after him. He actually um, bought stock in the company that made Arm & Hammer baking soda. There is some question, though, as to how he came about with his name, because the product, Arm & Hammer, was actually around 50 years before he was even born. Probably the most popular theory is that his father, who was uh, kind of a radical, uh, named him after the Arm and Hammer insignia of the Socialist Labor Party. Slightly goofier explanation was that his mom actually named him after Arm and Hammer baking soda. And Hammer actually described his mother as a remarkably intuitive individual, a person with an enormous judgment about things, and is said to have had a simple solution for every problem, bicarbonate of soda and a good enema. So maybe he was named after Armand Hammer baking soda. Now one of the most famous comedic actors of our time, Don Knotts, who has a very recognizable tombstone because it's filled with pictures of him. It has pictures of him as Barney Fife from Andy Griffith and the incredible Mr. Limpet, the reluctant astronaut. Tombstone says, "...he saw the poignancy in people's pride and pain and turned it into something hilarious and endearing." Extremely funny man. And as far as my generation goes, I'll never forget him as Mr. Furley, the goofy landlord in the TV show Three's Company. So this is usually where I end up uh, finishing the tour. Uh, Just as you pass the Sanctuary of Tenderness, on the wall is the famous author Truman Capote, who wrote Breakfast at Tiffany's and In Cold Blood, famously witty. Famously short, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman in the movie Capote. So directly below and to the right of Truman Capote is the final stop in our tour. The little girl from Poltergeist, Heather O'Rourke. As I mentioned earlier, her sister in Poltergeist, Dominique Dunn, is uh, also in this cemetery. Heather O'Rourke is definitely the youngest person on my tour. And there's supposedly a Poltergeist curse which was due to the fact that real skeletons were used as props in the film. This is just an urban legend. But still, it's a very strange death when you're a young girl. She died of a cardiac arrest caused by septic shock. So just because of the nature of the film and the fact that she was so young, it really, it really can't help but being bizarre as hell. Rest in peace, Carol Ann. So that's the end of the tour. It's a pretty impressive cast of characters. Some people think cemeteries are kind of maudlin or spooky or scary or weird even, but I don't know, I always feel an energy or a, I don't know, I always kind of feel uplifted after I come to a cemetery. You get to reflect on the people that are there and their accomplishments and what they've done and the fact that people love them. And you kind of get to reflect on yourself, and I realize I've done nothing with my life. But that, that's not important. You know, in the end, we all die, whether we're famous or infamous or unknown or anonymous. Steve Jobs said, Death is the destination we all share. Although, personally, I kind of prefer Groucho Marx's quote. I intend to live forever or die trying. Though Groucho Marx did eventually end up dying in 1977. His remains were placed at Eden Memorial Park. Five years later, in 1982... His ashes were stolen, and they were found later that day at the gates of Mount Sinai Memorial Park in Los Angeles, about 12 miles away. And the person that stole the ashes has never been found. Man, Hollywood's weird. And I do want to thank Wikipedia and the Find a Grave website, and also the Straight Dope website, for uh, a lot of good information. Until next time, see ya.
0: Having actually been on that tour with Mark in person, i got to say that was a great way
1: to revisit it. Oh, he knows so much about it, and he's a really interesting guy and kind of brings the tour to life. He really does, and if you want to dive into
0: this tour even further, visit our website for the posting on this episode where you'll find 60 photographs and 90 links to help you learn more about the famous residence. We'll be back a little early on December 23rd with a special episode for the holidays. I want to thank Judson Crane for our amazing theme music, Ryan McCullough for world-class sound design, and
1: Jim Creative Design. But most importantly, we want to thank our listeners. You can find us online at astonishinglegends.com, on Facebook at the Astonishing Legends Podcast, and also on Twitter. Copyright Scott Philbrook and Forrest Burgess. Good night.